0: sky, looking at you, I can read your mind. I am the maker of rules, dealing with fools, I can cheat you blind. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Mollinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering something Star Wars. In this episode, with the cover from a spectacular local festival, the Aldani mission reaches a point of no re- return. A point of point of no return. There will be... We're going to wrap up this story arc and we're going to do it as easy as smushing a mimic. N- 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 ha! Ah, I messed it up! Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. just like a tube of toothpaste.
1: Oh, I messed it up. It was rolling off the tongue so well. Uh, I hope you, this week. you squeeze from the middle the instead of
2: from the end. Yeah.
1: Oh man. Well, we're talking about Andor episode six, the Eye, this week. I'm Hope. How you doing, Chris?
2: I'm doing good.
1: Dang it. I want everyone to be like, oh, Hope, that joke was so bad. I was gonna be like, I know, but then I fucked it up.
0: Dag it.
1: Dag so, how you doing, Chris?
0: Pretty good, pretty good.
1: That's good. I am <laughs> doing... Oh, excuse me. I feel better oh. now. Uh, I am doing good myself. A uh, busy week at work. Um, Going to be a busy week coming up. We're almost on May the 4th. I'm so excited because everybody except for me apparently has been getting the screeners for Vision Season 2, and I'm, oh, you know... I'm acting really cool about it online. I'm really jealous as fuck, but it's fine. It's fine. We're fine here. Um, But, like, I'm so excited for Vision Season 2. It's next week. (laughs) I can't wait. Oh, wow,
2: really? It's May 4th. It starts on May 4th.
1: It's going to do like they did last time where they're going to drop all. Because it's just an anthology series, so they're just going to drop all nine episodes on the 4th
2: oh okay i i like I thought it was a little weird that there wasn't any star wars to for me to watch this week i've had to I've had to like flee back to Star trek
1: yeah i gosh i I feel yeah i I'm coming up on Wednesday and I'm just gonna like be like it's gonna be so nice on Wednesday to not have uh to, have to be I'm able to honestly- like sleep. <laughs>
2: I love a constant flow of Star Wars, but I would also be very happy with, like, if we had... I mean, it would be shocking now, but, like, you know, I could also go back to the, like, one Star Wars every three years, too, you know? I so,
1: don't mind breaks in between. Yeah. Um, like, what we're kind of doing, right, like, right now, where we have, like, a season of show and then, like, take a few weeks off. I am I'm happy.
2: Ag- I'm happy with a few months off to get that to that point where you're like, mm, okay, I'd really like to get some, have some Star Wars right now, you know.
1: I know for like me, like the whole overlap of Bad Batch and Mando was a nightmare.
2: <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I hated that. Let's never do that again, Star Wars. Ever. Well,
2: you know, but in that, in that, in 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 your situation, you're just not the average viewer because you are just automatically by by the. By your job, you have to start, and by your job and your hobby, <laughs> you have to like respond to all those things. So you're while you're watching them and you're thinking about stuff, you're gonna write down. You're gonna think you're you're, you're already starting to think about stuff that's gonna gel for your second viewing for this show. You know, it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a different it's a it's a different world world than the civilians who can just like watch it and go and then go about their day. Mhm, and can choose to think of it or not.
1: But I don't know. I'm happy to get back to it because I did some writing over the weekend and it was nice. It was nice because I got to do a little bit of writing for me and I'm starting to figure out that work-life balance, even just a tiny little thing. I wrote a whole two pages of a fan fiction, Chris, and I was so proud of me. Ooh. Mm. So proud of me! And I wrote on vampires, and I did a whole like three sentences for Jedi. My my fire and thread, but progress is progress. Damn it! And we're gonna be recording Flad f- uh, this weekend. A little uh uh for light and dice on Friday. I'm going to go see a play on Sunday, like a fancy Ooh. bitch. What play? uh my friend had an extra ticket to moulin rouge which is one of my favorite oh. movies so the fact that it's a play at the fox theater i'm gonna go see it on sunday see how it looks in play form i might be singing it's also gonna be raining like a bitch that day <laughs> so that'll be fun so and yeah and then next week is visions it's fun I think I'm starting to figure out how life flows now with work. So
2: excellent. Excellent.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you had a like pretty chill week, good week, busy week, crazy I have. week? I have. Dumb week. I have. Angry I have. week.
2: Pretty normal normal week of work. Was sort of uh making some tentative plans to go garage sailing this weekend, but it doesn't look like the weather might cooperate with that. But it's getting close. It's getting close. The the my I have two now i have two potential every week garage sale drivers who like either one of them could drive and both of them are also friends so like even when one of them drives we can always go pick up the other one too so i it might be like a a three-man show this year which will be fun oh we've all known each other for 25 years or so so well i've known i've known mike for even longer than that for you know like 35 more than 35 years actually probably close to 40 years yeah 40 some years
1: (laughs) oh that sounds fun yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah and they've both been on the show before so they know the drill and they both yeah so that that'll be fun that's gonna get going soon but by
1: the way
0: for anybody
1: who is new listening to us the show that chris is talking about is garage sale gloat which is a little side podcast he does every year
0: yeah
2: yeah. Hey, I tell just, us about
1: So Glue, Chris, or any of those. I
2: just I take my 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 recorder along with us when we go garage shaling and we we talk and we we go over everything that we got and that's basically it. <laughs> we play this theme to But Stanford. it's like, you're, it's like a chill, like a chill like
1: shoot the shit kind of show. People
2: love the show. People love the show. It's the easiest show that I've ever produced because it's
1: like an easy chill shoot I, I, shooting the shit
2: yeah we talk into the microphone i come home i throw them all into a project i clip like you know i clip the beginning and end of each each one to cut out the microphone going (coughs) although sometimes i leave it in because it's fun and yeah and then i i put a song at the beginning and little little music at the end and zap zoop zip and uh yeah it's 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 fun and I'm good at finding weird stuff, so you hear about a lot of weird stuff on there. Chris
1: is also, while garage-selling, has found some of my favorite items. Like my Grand Inquisitor Grande Boyfriend clock that has the spinning lightsaber that lights up. Like Chris Holy shit, I stuff.
2: forgot all about that. This, you... this, it's one of those spinner things, right? Right. right like led lights on it oh my yeah. god i forgot all about that
1: yeah he got me uh, that's my favorite star wars item my own it is my baby like he is yeah, my boy I, he he's I, behind me right now i mean let me look <laughs> at him. oh sorry i i'm hitting my desk yep there i he know
2: is. i found a rex mask at one point i found i have rex that too that's it's actually yeah. on the
1: other shelf behind me <laughs> They're both on my shows, and you got me both well, of them. Hope, so. is,
2: hope has gotten me one of my favorite nerd things. I got you your white whale. There's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your I... white whale. No, what a whale. It's not a white whale. It's a gold whale, and that thing's not a whale. It's a hog. And that's Creepio's <laughs> erect member as he's taken his oil bath. Star Wars green card number 207 tops card a mm-hmm. classic they've they've figured out what it is it's a little piece of his costume that's popped off the side and just lined up perfectly it's um, but, uh
1: uh you opened that live on the show yes i remember that episode because like the moment that like, you opened it i heard the voice and your your voice just go ah!
2: i wasn't no, that expecting was that, my, that i was that not was expecting favorite that guys moments it's one of those things where I guess I must have mentioned it in passing, and you were just like, "Okay, scribble, scribble." Yeah, and I didn't even think it, and then I completely just just dribbled out of my mind and onto the floor. Cat ate it.
1: That was amazing. And the guy I got it from was really, really nice. <laughs> he was we had a nice uh, chat over. It was one of the pleasant <laughs> experiences I've had on eBay. <laughs> He was very nice about it. So.
0: I, I should hope so.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's very chill. So, I don't know. I've had a few people on eBay just being like, bitch please, and I'm like, fuck you. I'm trying to give you money, asshole. I don't go on yeah, eBay. Yeah, that
2: that awful. is always weird. That is weird.
1: Like, why are you like why are you mad at me for asking a question? I'm trying to give you money. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs>
2: I've done things like that. I've been, I've, I've, I've had people that got totally offended because I was like, you know what? I'm not going to sell this to you. Sorry, here's your money back. And they're like, wait, but, but no. And I'm like, no, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to go through negotiation, and I, I don't trust that you're not going to be a psychopath. Here, <laughs> just have your money back.
1: The, the thing is, is mostly like when I buy comics, um, because grading matters. So if they tell me it's like a, like a nine point eight, I want to see those corners because I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Do that's you know- why
2: that that's First,
1: yeah that's because a 9.8 is a mint. And if, unless it's in a fucking like slabbed, if it's not slabbed, I don't believe you. It's a 9.8 And if it's
2: slab that's adding 45 bucks to it or whatever right? it is now. 35, 45 bucks. Yeah, I right. Or, or more or more because it's slabbed. But like, that's why yeah, exactly. when I d- when I do sell comics on on ebay i pick and choose well i don't pick and choose sometimes i find one that like it's like ooh, this is a good one to sell like but oh for a good example is i just got that it was basically doctor strange number one but i didn't know it was doctor strange number one oh, yeah. because it was like 116 or something but that was where they changed the name of the comic to Doctor Strange and he was the main deal in it and I picked it up for a buck at a a bookstore from a guy who really should have known better but like I didn't I thought it was worth more than a buck but I didn't think it was the first so that was like the. I got like $199 on eBay for it but I didn't I don't even give a grade for it or if I do I'd say yeah you know maybe you would say and, and, and when I do give a grade I maybe grade it a little lower than I think it would really be, you know, just slightly lower. But I also just like, I'm basically like, here's a, here's a verbal, you know, complete verbal description of it. And then here's pictures of all the things I described. And then I leave it at that. And then like, you know, I, 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 I hope that these days, Like if you're selling a video game and a kid's doing it, buying the video game, they're probably or well, almost everybody's doing it on their phone. So people barely ever even look at the pictures and stuff, but the comic people do. So if you put big pictures in these days, the comic people look at it and they can look at it and go like, okay, this is this is worth the money. And it was a it was an auction, so it was like okay, then they know like okay, I bid up to this amount for this. So you you can I do it I'd rather do it that that than slab. I hate slabby. I hate that slab and shit.
1: Mm, we used to have to deal with it all the time.
2: I'm sure but, you did.
1: yeah, working at a comic book store and like oh I, and like when people would come in with their books and they would be like, oh, it's a nine point eight I'm like, do you know what nine point eight means? It means it's meant. It's so clearly not meant for one, you took it out unbagged and boarded from your bag. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's already a seven Fuck off I'm not buying your your wares I'm not buying your Death of Superman That I already have 20 other issues of
0: Jesus Get Christ out.
1: Anyway, you ready to talk about the eye?
2: Yes, I do I am
1: Aye, I, aye I. I, I Captain Let's I and
2: I. You.
1: So what do you think about this one?
2: Um I think this is the best of the the of course the uh, the this little round of arc of stories.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it you know it it winds everything up and brings it to a culmination and in a, and it's it's and in a show that's not based on special effects set pieces, it gives you a nice. Set piece that's in the style of Andor, but is still a beautiful little special effects. You know,
1: this episode is effects. where their special effects budget went to.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And you can tell.
2: <laughs> you can see it. Yeah, it's uh, up there on the screen.
1: And it's just like the little things too, like when you when it first starts, like there, the single ones floating over.
2: There, there's a, there's computers. one other standout. There's 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 a couple other little standouts of like special effects money. I, I think the prison, some of the prison special effects, you know, of the outside of the prison are pretty, uh,
0: mm-hmm. pretty
2: costly. And, and uh, the, the senate the, looks the, nice. Then, there, yeah, and then there's Luthen having his little scuffle with the with the empire. That's uh, a nice little special. Oh, effect. I forgot
1: about but that. But that's the also in the,
2: yeah. that yeah, that's also like. But they're both they're very in the, the style of but you never know cuz like it's it's very much like you know it's it's sort of like pieces of stuff we saw in Rogue One that are expanded you know not story wise but just in the, the the spirit of like a sort of you know um uh you know mission type of you know show and uh yeah so and that and Rogue One had a, a big dogfight at the end of it so who knows by season two we might have some sort of big you know um culmination battle by that time they'll be the rebels will be much more of a fighting unit too so we'll see we'll see i i i i i I feel it'll follow a lot of like you know rogue one's sort of spirit so like it, when it when it ends it will do a it will do a strong tie in to probably to rogue one you know
1: Ooh, what if the like the final scene is jen and cass ha- meeting it, or the it, final scene is no the leading. final
2: scene will be leading up to the guy he shoots before climbing the wall And we'll get a little context into that, you know, because because if they do it, if they want to go strictly like Rogue One, that when it ends, it will tie into the seconds, you know, into directly into, you know, what happened where we met Cassian in Rogue One, where, you know, is Rogue One went right into, you know, right into the first seconds of Star Wars, you know tied up those you know here we are this is where <laughs> this is taking place so it, you know they might do that you know they seem to be sort of they're rhyming they're rhyming
0: mm-hmm.
2: rhyming with themselves and rhyming with star wars they're rhyming all over the place
1: yeah i i agree i love this episode too um it's definitely to me the best of the all donny arc um but I think we, we kind of talked about how that's kind of going to be like a continuation of that. Usually the third episode is like the Huh. <laughs> Everything's unrolling. So, but yeah, there's only a, a couple of places in this episode where I'm just like, I have a few questions or I wish they handled stuff with a, like one particular character a little differently. Uh, but overall, yeah, I love this episode. So, Are you ready to get into it?
0: Yes. I am.
1: All right. Andor episode six, The Eye, aired on October 12th, 2022. It was written by Dan Gilroy, and it was directed by Susanna White. Some extra information for you. Commandant J. Hold Behas is played by Stanley Townsend from Xenoblade Chronicles and Mass Effect Andromeda. His wife, Robida Behas, is played by Michelle Duncan from Bohemian Rhapsody and Atonement. Their son, Leon- Leonard V. is played by Alfie Todd from House of Dragons and His Dark Materials. The Aldani Chieftain is played by David Hyman from Atlantic, Astro- uh, Atlantic, a Scottish Story and Chemistry of Death. Colonel Pettigar is played by Richard Katz from Enigma, and he was the one-legged prisoner in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> And I knew I had recognized him watching Andor, but I couldn't place where. When I saw that that on IMDb, I was like, that's where I know you from. (laughs) The one that Rocket Raccoon is just like, I need your leg.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: But I I, I just for the longest time on uh, and I just never felt like looking you up. So, yeah. Uh, Dr. Quad Paul, which is a great name, that's a good Star Wars name, was played and puppeted by longtime Lucasfilm puppeteer Alden Cook, who has played various characters in the sequel trilogy and Rogue One. And finally, listen, there are a lot of stories, uh, So there are a lot of soldiers and Aldani characters in the background just doing stuff, and they all have names, and they all are on IMDb. And you know what? I don't have time to list all of you, but I salute you and your talent we're not that Eric, kind and work, thank of show, you for being in Star Wars. What? We're not. We're not.
2: We're not a show for completists or no. people who don't like spoilers or like things in in if strict chronological order. Left,
1: if you want to know what Lieutenant Number Three in the background is doing? You can look it up yourself. I'm not listening to if all them.
2: You don't like sidelines about poop and farts and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I mostly just... We'll put just,
2: up a list of all the things that, yeah.
1: I just, I just, uh, they need to have, like, a a, like a line or an interaction or something, you know? I'm not going to put up, like, grand number three, so. Anyway. Uh, hi, Yoda.
0: Hmm? Oh, hi, Yoda's here, yes. Yoda's Yay! paying attention, mm, yes. Oh.
1: I'm so happy to see you! I-I- I, have you recovered from last week?
0: Mmm, sure.
1: Last week- What happened was last end, week? The- well, it was the last of Grogu, and Grogu's off set again. He's left.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, he's recovered from that, I guess Yoda has, yes. Yes, very the happy set, about that.
1: The set- is all yours again? This is all Yoda Town. Yoda now his, town. his
0: name is Gim-Grogu.
1: Den Gr- yeah, that was that's a weird dim, name, isn't it? Dim
0: Grogu, Dim Grogu, not that bright. That's what they said. Mm, yeah, dim Grogu. A, do you have poor, a name? Poor, Dim just- Darden has Sun, Maybe not too bright. Dim Grogu.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I have. Uh, speaking of dim people, like the Jedi Council, um, I have a question for you.
0: A question for Yoda? Yes. Yeah!
1: And this comes from our friend Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze and for Light and Dice. Thank you, Charles, for this question. Um, and I, it, it's a good one because I know you have a lot of meetings with the Jedi Council and, and stuff like that. And Charles said...
0: Not, not a long time, man, but okay. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. he have
1: gone through them. So Charles said, my workplace is very boring during the day. Perhaps Yoda has some ideas to liven up the office.
0: Mm, oh liven up the office yes many ways to well liven up the office for yourself yoda likes yoda internet is your answer always 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 lately yoda did you say the internet banned internet is answer to to Board, ah. being bored at work yes is only thing to do Well good good internet connection yes have to do for to to do work yes have to be on internet mm, maybe maybe yoda likes to make pictures of yoda on on with ai programs mm, uh. yes pictures of ai yoda yes
1: do you talk to the hours, nice AI lady hours, in the chat?
0: Hours? Talk to chatbot? Yes, chatbot will talk to whatever almost, but, 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 but chatbot's not not any fun though will not talk to Yoda about what Yoda wants to talk about
1: What does Yoda which want is to talk nev- about? Which, I ask her.
0: Oh, it's oh, which is, what does Yoda talk about? That is a lot of none of your business! <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: I'm okay not knowing
0: you know what else to do at work? Huh? Poop. Mmm. Much poop at work. Poop at work. Mmm. Eat, 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 a lot night before. Yes. Save, make sure you get a break in the day. Yes. Mmm. Have phone, internet and poop. Yes. Now doing three things at once poop internet and work. Yes, very productive. Yes. Make AI pictures of poop while pooping at work. Mm. Charles, I and, hope you're taking an on a lot of notes. Spreadsheet on phone at the same time. Yes. Hmm. That's what toilet paper is spreadsheet. <laughs>
1: Okay, well I'm you know, I'm happy that you didn't do like, you know, That's like scanning your butt on the the thing on the Yoda scanning machine.
0: A Yoda tries jokes. Sometimes Yoda doesn't land jokes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um huh?
0: What? Okay. Yes, yes, wise Yoda.
1: I am glad that, uh, I hope that helps you, Charles. Um,
2: enjoy, I guess. (laughs) Yoda's getting a little confusing lately, but. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think I keep saying that.
0: (laughs) Are we, like,
1: gaslighting him to become more (laughs) confusing?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Can you gaslight Yoda?
1: I don't know, but I will say I'm proud of him. Because I was expecting, like, the bottom of the barrel, like, him, like, photocopying his ass and his balls or whatever. I'm happy he at least is slow, somewhat classy by talking to an AI chat. So, you know, well, what, good for him for well. learning new technology. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just wonder what, kind, what the versions they had at the Jedi Council were.
1: The versions... Like,
2: He's at the library, like, he's at the library, Uh, like, going through ancient Jedi porn or, like, playing, like, some lightsaber (laughs) game, lightsaber pong on their computer.
1: (laughs) They, uh, um, oh. I picture
2: Yoda as more of an on-the-computer-at-the-library than on-the-computer-at-work type of guy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: the creepy on-the-computer-at-the-library. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. A yeah. couple folder, folders set up around the edges of the screen.
1: There is definitely That's an helpful. entire uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine joke about that. Yeah. They have to be undercover, and they they don't want anyone looking at them, so they purposely dress up as creeps at the library.
2: So <laughs> everybody just thinks they're poor, looking at porn and won't look at the screen. That's not a bad idea.
1: Yeah, because everybody's just like, "Oh, you, I don't want to be near idea. them because because they creep me out." So. And when they walk in, they're just like, where is your fastest internet computer? I must look up things. (laughs) And everyone walks away from them, and they're like, yes, the space is ours now. (laughs) So, anyway, act one.
0: Act one, let's do it.
1: Good morning, everybody. It is time for a heist and all the team is gathering to get ready to steal some money on Eldani. But, dear baby sweet sunshine boy Nemec is just like, Wow, I didn't sleep very well. Cassian, can I wax poetic on you? And he's like, well, you're gonna do it anyway, child. He's like, yes, let me tell you all of my thoughts about mercenaries and the rebellion and how all this blah blah blah. Cassian's like, look, look, child, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Don't worry, and then he like, of course he has to say the line of like, Don't worry, you'll sleep when it's done. Fuck you, Cassian, and all- we all look at the camera, and we all have a good laugh, like, Ha ha ha, Netflix is gonna be fine, ha ha ha
2: ha ha Fuck you, writers.
1: Fuck you, screenwriters. <laughs> fuck it. you, Tony. We get it, we
2: get it, we get it, guys.
1: <laughs> that is absolutely one of those lines where, um, uh... They like look at the camera to judge the audience, and then like look back and continue the the action. Hell, I'm sorry, I'm tangenting now. I've been watching a show called Hell of a Boss. It's free on YouTube, and it's super queer and it's great. Um, and they have a few jokes like that every once in a while, where they'll uh, they'll say something, and then they'll look at the camera at the audience. Um, like one of the characters is a furry, and so they're like, "Yeah, those sickos who love girls and in- who are like dog girls," and then they look at the camera. And also being demons, like, when they're like, oh, I guess we'll call HR, and then they all have a good laugh, and then they go back to the conversation. So, it's one of those. Anyway, fuck you, Tony Gilroy, for making us, for killing Nimic, anyway. So, uh, Cassian is like, you're gonna be fine, kid, and they're like, okay, cool. So then we go to meet Commandant Behaz, and you know what? Fuck this guy, because he has the word... B in his name and how dare you sir how dare you tarnish the good name of bees bees are awesome and you're a piece of shit <laughs> so B has is there and he's giving a crash course of all the aldoni people history with the engineer who is visiting the Aldani base and he is this higher up guy but he's going to die in this episode so i just don't have enough strength to learn his name so we're just going to call him steve so so Engineer Steve is here, and B is like, Yeah, this is all the ways we trick the Aldani people because they're all stupid. And Steve is like, haha, they are stupid. And then they go and they look at Gorn. And Lieutenant Gorn is there. And Lieutenant Gorn just looks like he's just hates it all, but he smiles when they look at him, and when they look away, he scorns. <laughs> Scorning Gorn. <laughs> Scorning the Gorn Gorn the scorn. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, anyway. So uh, Bees tells Steve about uh, how everything has to go perfect and it's going to be great. And there's there's no one. soon enough there will be no one left to oppose them and they can build this big shiny airbase. And after they meet with Steve, Bees takes Gorn outside and he's like, Look, Gorn, everything has to be perfect so I can get a big old promotion. And Gorn is like, Yes, sir. I would love for you to get out of here. And he's like, "I pro- I mean it. Everything has to be perfect, Gorn. And Gorn is like, Oh, it will be, sir. It will be. Back with the heist team, they have names now. The boy team is Team Soldier Boy Crank That, and the other team with lesbians is Team Beaver Ruin. And Vel- (laughs) I took a long time thinking up these names. I was very proud. (laughs) Wow, okay. Beaver Ruin- Good for you, Hope. (laughs) Beaver Ruin is actually a street nearby. (laughs) <laughs> and it's so you can always tell when people are not from Georgia because they d- double t- take out of it like what? And you can also see where their minds are. Anyway, Team Soldier Boy crank that touches base with uh, Team Beaver Ruin, and Bell is just like, "All right, everybody, good luck!" And they all give like a good like, "Let's go, Rebels!" And every- it's time for everyone to move on out. And as they're moving out, the boys are walking down the the hill to go put on their stormtrooper outfits, and. Like uh, Taramen is all just like, come on guys, keep on going. And Cassian's like, wow, Skeen, he's a real jerk. He's like, yeah, he should be commanding. He was a stormtrooper, you know. And we we find out in the you know the last 20 minutes that Taramen is a stormtrooper. That would have been cool to know the last two episodes to help shape his character more. Anyway, as they're doing this, the first me are they meteors, right? Are these students? Yeah. Yes. No.
2: I, 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 it's a meteor shower.
1: Are they asteroids? Don't meteors have to hit the ground? They're asteroids.
2: No, meteors can just go through the. Uh, meteors can pass by the Earth and.
1: Wait, then which one hits? Are oh, no.
2: Because these wait, ones wait. are sort of. I think these. Well, I think what's wait, happening is they're, they're sort comets. of skipping off. They're comets. They're comets. They're,
1: they're comets. Because a meteor has to hit the ground, right? It's not. A, it's a I, comet until it hits the ground. Hold I, on, everybody. We're tangent. No, tangenting. a comet
2: is a big ball that's that's flying through the universe and outgassing. Like I, I, I guess, I I guess maybe they're asteroids till they hit the the atmosphere. But these are hitting the at they're, they're it's sort. Of, I I gathered it was the whole light show was them skimming the atmosphere of the planet.
1: All right, a meteor. Uh, as a, I'm sorry to all of our scientists, friends. I'm a fucking writer. I don't know. Now shit. we're
2: back to the suctor blown out in the space.
1: Uh, so as it says a small body of matter from outer space that enters the Earth's atmosphere, becoming incandescent as it results of friction and appearing in a streak of light. All right, so what's a comet then? What's a comet? Uh, yeah, it's not a comet. <laughs> So they're meteors, cool. Then and asteroids are just like the ones that are hanging out in space and they're like, hey boy. Right? <laughs> the asteroids are like "Holler at your boy.
0: Oh no. I'm 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 gonna have to look this
2: up. <laughs> I I just wanna look up uh
1: yeah, so, okay, asteroids are just minor, like, things, hey, ha- the rocks hanging out in space. Okay, so they're meteors. We're good now, we're good, we all figured it out. Thank you for listening to J-Guys and Jedi, we're hopes a dumbass, it's fine. <laughs> I just hear, like, our listeners just being like, oh god, just finish act one. So, uh, the first of the meteors... Um, shoots overhead, and the eye is technically beginning as the Aldani people begin to arrive. And Team Soldier Boy are in position as soldiers, posing as soldiers, and they're all just like, Hello, Aldani people. And the Aldani people are like, Haha, we don't like you. And they're like, yeah, That's cool. And the ladies move out too. But as they're moving out, some soldiers are coming up. And Vil and Sinta are just like, oh god. And they press their backs against the wall and they wait to listen to a guy pee. And then the guys move on. And the ladies are like, cool, that, that guy has way too much asparagus. And then they go. Back with Commandant Bees, Bees is meeting with his wife and his child. And they're all getting ready for the big shiny eye event. And the wife is just like, I am dressing our son. And he is like, he is... 12 years old, let him dress himself, and the kid is doing everything in his power to get out of this snobby dinner. But the dad is like, look, this place sucks, we all hate it here, I will backhand a child, and let's just get through this so we can get promoted and get out of here, yeah? Right. And the mom is just like, fine. We'll dress you in the nice outfit. And all of these and his family get ready. And so... Can I uh, say something?
2: Huh? This is the second podcast that I've recorded in a row where somebody has used the term "backhanded a child."
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was the
2: first? Uh the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, talking about the the evil android doll AI movie oh, Me- Megan. Megan. Yes, Miss Regan.
1: Miss Regan.
2: That's how it looks like in the poster art, so it's an M3-EG Yeah, it's like it's like fat fan four stick when the Fantastic Four, yeah
1: Gotcha, gotcha (laughs) Anyway, Bees and his wife and his son needs this meeting to go with Steve to go very well Back with the Team Soldier Boys Gorin walks up to the Aldani Chieftain. He's just like, Hello, Chieftain! And the Chieftain is like, Hello, Imperials! And fuck off! And Gorin is like, Cool! Right this way! And the troopers and Team Soldier Boys guide the Aldani people to their temple. And as they're doing this, Team Beaver Ruin is going across the lake. They are underwater. They are swimming to the dam. They're moving, they're mosing right along. They are just, just going up that slip moist surface of the bottom of the river base. Like Beaver, like ruining the Beavers, they are. And Be, <laughs> Bees, Steves and his wife and son join Gorin. And they're like, hi Gorin. And he's like, hi guys, are you ready to go give these goats to the Aldani people? And they're just like, oh fine. And so they head on out to meet with the Aldani chief. And the chief sees them, and he's just like, Hello, Bees! And Bees is just like, Hi, Chief Valdami guy. And the chief is like, Fuck off! And the Bees is like, Cool. Well, here's to next year's eye. And they walk off, and the Imperials leave! And as this is all happening, this exchange with the goat furs, and Vinta get to the dam, and they climb on up, and they stick a little comm scrambler to the comm station, and... When they have a moment, Vel is clearly nervous, and she's clearly losing, getting really scared, and, this is, and she's all nervous, and Cinta's like, Vel, call it. And with a deep breath, Vel calls the boys to start the mission for real. Bum, bum, bum.
2: After all the parkour, this is truly... The bit the the first like heisty stuff where they're doing they're rappelling off off walls and, <laughs> and d-dun d-dun. it's all the dun 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 dun. Yeah. Dun-dun. It, um, well, it's Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. Ba-da-da. But uh, yeah. My first note is you'll sleep when it's done. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so well. nap time. Nap time for Nemec. Um yeah and then the oh, next and, and then the know, next thing they is
1: wanted to be a real dick they should make like um you know the tonton sleeping bag
2: yeah you're <laughs> oh,
1: not your nimic naptine and it has like the feet are full and the head is full, but everything else is flat
2: and the, it's it's a, and it has a weighted attachment to it that looks like in, like credits like gold credits.
1: I hate myself for thinking about that
2: good for you hope
1: i I feel dirty. Is yeah. this, this how you feel all the
2: time. I don't know. I don't know. Don't <laughs> you? Don't you it. really? Don't you really mean you feel classy? I right
1: do feel now? classy. I feel so so grossly classy. <laughs> uh,
2: hey, class is class is not pretty anyway. <laughs> um, my other note is Imperial discusses Aldani's skull size. That was a uh, uh, especially like great like like the the you know the this was a very british empire empire episode it was very you know ah look at the natives with their but they're you know stupid but of course they're silly and dumb so of course they go gaga for the light show in the sky but then again everybody in this is good even all the imperials are like it's beautiful <laughs> you know and uh, but still, they're just like, oh, they're just dumb dums. And, you know, the basically, you know, oh, we're going to run them out of their holy ground. And it's like, oh, it's OK if they want to come back, they're going to have to work here anyway. So
1: it's, my, and, you, you said that it's like very British. But one of my notes I have is and, and I don't know what exactly about it that makes me feel this way. But the scene with Commandant B has his wife Robota, and their son. For some reason, it feels very Game of Thrones to me, and I can't well, yeah, exactly well, put I my mean, finger on why.
2: Game of uh, well, because he's like he's a little little Lord Space Fauntleroy. He's like the kid who who got who got who fell out who uh, liked to climb and then saw the. <laughs> no, it's, it's not.
1: It's not that one. Like, there's just something about the acting that and 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 well, like yeah wife it's the
2: Briti- and it's british empire and that was i mean game of thrones was I mean, I mean, it that was that like lettuce. almost like it's called from the same pool of british of british acting you know uh, uh, of british you know let's go get some british actors to he's a perfect little pale little little fancy boy you know just like father
0: reminds i, me I of have like, like,
1: the, like, the, the, like sir robin kid who is like 13 and still breastfeeding or something yeah
2: well not that extreme but yeah that, but they, they that, come from that the actor, same fancy though, boy they're cut from the same fancy boy cloth
1: that that kid actor is in house of dragons <laughs> so it's not... he, yeah well
2: yeah i mean yeah that's what i'm saying you know
1: but, but i felt this way like there's i i think it's because of the dynamics and Also, this is a side of Imperials we don't normally see. Like, we don't normally see the family. Um, And I'll I'll get more into this in a minute. But, like, I I don't know. There's just something very... It it feels more game of thrones and a star wars then yeah there's just something very about it
2: this reminds me of a brit you know that guy that guy, the guy he reminds me of a british guy in a pith helmet with his you know this family there and his wife's just like i don't like the smell here in india and the the son's like
0: father i've got weak blood and i'm tired
2: (laughs) and you know it's it's just you know it is just like don't worry. We're going to we're going to have some. We're going to give them some primitive skins and measure the skulls later, son. You you have to come along. But
0: father, my pantaloons are drying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and what is it? This is a, uh, like we just had Bo- book of Boba Fett where they're trading Wookiee hide. You know where negotiations have Wookiee hides and this has,
1: this has
2: goat hides. Wookiee
1: hides are different from goats.
2: <laughs> yeah, because- I guess.
1: Goats feel better, unless unless <laughs> they were trading like trading like goat old people. <laughs>
2: yeah, go- here's your goat man hide. <laughs> oh, please don't skin me. <laughs> but they have to be sheared yeah. like sheep. Maybe, maybe that's the maybe that's like their massage parlors they go to get sheared. I have to go get sheared, honey.
0: I can shear you.
2: No, that's okay. <laughs> Gotta break at work. Anyway, how was your, your sharing today, honey? Not bad. <laughs> let's, anyway, let's go continue. for the obvious.
1: I don't know what we're on tonight, guys. I'm so sorry. Please continue your notes, Chris.
2: That's all my notes. Hope.
1: <laughs> all- <laughs> okay. Then, uh, actually, Act One has the majority of my notes. Um. Well then, let me go and finish about the uh, the family um, since we're kind of already still there. Um, I just find the the addition of Robota and the son very interesting because I can't ever remember a time on screen Star Wars where we've seen an officer's family with them. Like I, I know I I haven't read all the books so I can't say that for the books but like it's an interesting dynamic.
2: We've and, we've had mention of it because we've been like, you know, go move my family's furniture and stuff like that. But this is the first time I think we've seen them. Yes.
1: Yeah. And in, any in, in on screen. And I like what it adds to the narrative and the great storytelling, because immediately throwing a child into this mix changes the stakes because I, you know, children cannot help where they're born. Um, and, like, there is a certain, you know, when they reach a certain age and they can make these choices of their own, but, like, you know, like, that's where it changes over. But, like, a boy of 12, he can't really help that he's there. He can't help who his father is. His father has clearly slapped him because he mentions it. The wife doesn't seem very confident. I have to wonder if the wife is trapped in this marriage. Was it an arranged marriage? Because the father clearly sucks, but the mom really loves the child as she does not seem warm to her, her husband and yep. and so like it's just such an interesting dynamic like because to me the kid is 100 percent the victim in this and the wife we don't know about the the empire dad sucks and it's just such an interesting story because if something happens to this child then it's on the rebels hands and that's an in that that's a new kind of stake of our heroes like when they're threatening to shoot a child um and it just makes for really it
2: is for, it is for us but, but i don't know it's, if it's, it's for that character because remember when they're introducing her you know the, the, um
1: oh i will get to Santa. out he,
2: he says he says she's she don't worry about her. She's
1: oh yeah. She, she'll I will, I will your come throat, back to you. know,
2: get... and 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 she, yeah. She's the yeah. She'll she's the one that they left with the gun, with the family, and she. I mean, she's a hu. She's human. Uh She's not a psychopath, but she was. I think she was a ready to to off anybody that had to that stood in the way. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to come back to that because I have. That that villain sent a note is all wrapped up into one big pile, and I believe Act Two. But I I just uh, introducing the the family is a very interesting story because it adds because we were talking about this with like Detra a few times. Like right now, we're in the part of Detra's story where the audience, when watching it for the first time, is rooting for her, and it adds this kind of like gray, like emotionally mushy storytelling because like we we immediately hate uh, B has. But when you see his son, and, like, his son is being captured, like, it adds, like, a different kind of story element. And I just find that really fascinating. Um, uh, to go back to the top, uh, I want to note this because uh, I had I missed this the first time I watched this, but uh, Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained pointed this out in his videos. Um, in the opening scene when Nimic says he believes in something, but he still couldn't sleep, and Cassian believes in nothing, and he slept like a stone. Next arc, when Cassian actually believes in something, he doesn't sleep the night before the prison break because he's starting to believe uh, in something. And I thought that's uh, a cool uh, note. What? What? Uh,
2: yeah, uh, uh, I said, ah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Just a little uh, line um, when Nemec is talking about his like his manifesto, and he says the line uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit: "The moral has no moral boundaries, so why not take hold of every chance we can?" I like that line because it reminds me a lot of Jen Ursos' line in Rogue One: "That we'll take the next chance, and the next chance, and the next chance before the chances run out." Um, until the chances run out. And, uh, it's just a nice little difference between the rebellion here, where, like, the re- rebellions first starting, kind of getting going, and later on, when the rebellion is like, no, we're gonna keep taking these chances again and again and again. So, uh... What I do like about the scene with Behaz, Steve, and Gorn, and they're talking about the Aldani... Um, And, like, how, like, we offer them choices and they're so, like, befuddled with the choices that they realize they have nothing. Blah, blah, blah. That one. I just find that interesting because it shows a side of the empire of how they invade indigenous people. Um, It's a side of the empire we haven't really seen. And it's equally as evil. (laughs) But uh, it's, it's just a really neat, I say neat, as in, like, horrifically neat. But for storytelling, it's neat. Um, It's just a a really interesting way of showing how they invade indigenous people. Um, Yeah. Okay. Here's one of my few criticisms. You ready? I am ready. Ah, Terraman. I wish he got more to do. Out of everybody in the Aldani group, he gets the least amount of doom. And I kind of wish we learned about his stormtrooper past like last week's episode when they're doing all the training stuff, like that little exchange of just like, where he looks at Skeen and says, the exact same exchange, like he's very commanding, It's like he should be, he is a stormtrooper he, he was a stormtrooper, but they can have that scene with with Senta still there to even just get a reaction from Senta that would have been like so much more interesting, because then going in these next few episodes, knowing that Terraman has that past, but like it's revealed like ten minutes before he dies yeah and, yeah, and it's just, out, out of everything, he's the one that gets the least amount of time, and he gets the least amount to do, and we find out his tiny little backstory, and like, like about 10 minutes before guys, if if that. And so, yeah, it's just, I, I don't like how they handle that character, and I, I would have at least liked it. If it was revealed, because because we get Senta revealed that Stormtroopers slaughtered her entire village or her family, and so to have like a little exchange between them last episode, that would have been nice. And even though we get this late for Senta, we have Senta for the rest of the season. We have time to sit with this Senta information. We don't have time right. to sit with this Terraman information. So
2: I I, I I think I think the Gilroys like to like to keep everybody. On a not a need to know basis, but on a just sort of like just what you get from the moment, except for any characters that have to have to are going to live long enough to to affect the storyline or do something later. So mm-hmm. he just did, like they gave just a little he just got a little bit, but he was gonna be dead pretty quickly. So, but yeah. they gave him a little a little bit, and it was a little bit that added some tension between another character... Or between all the characters, but especially one of the other characters. And, it, you know, and, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you could have added more to Cynthia's character, though. And only, like, if, if we found that out while the girls were watching them train in March last episode... Cassian could have like looked over at Senta and we could have gotten a reaction out of Senta. which would have told her like, is she still cool with this? Is she not? Does she's like, is this like an exception? Like, there's a lot of ways that Senta could have played a scene like that. Yeah, and it would have actually told us a lot about where she is. Um, or like, even if like she looked down and like Vel touched her shoulder, like because like it's an emotional pain. I don't know, but like, even even though I wish we had this, I think it, it would have been more powerful for Z- Senta's character. So. Uh, but, yeah, that's one of my small notes, so. Are you ready for this super deep note? Okay. There's pissing in Star Wars.
2: There is. Yeah. A-T-P'd.
1: Yeah, Rebels did it first. <laughs> Re- Rebels had Wedge is in a bathroom with AP5 running in just being like, Wedge!
2: Oh, my God, that's right. I was trying to be like, okay, well, I don't quite remember, but yes, that is right.
1: Yep, yep. But actually, on a deeper note, though, um, it just shows how the soldiers disregard anything about on, on Donnie. Because this, the, the where our, Phil and Sinta are hiding, is clearly a structure. It's clearly a thing. And they don't give a fuck, and they're just pissing on it. And so it does give some like story weight of like continuing to show how the Imperials don't like this stuff, so
2: and they're and they're being creepy too. They're talking about the women and stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh, I missed that.
2: Yeah, they were um, talking about some of the native women.
1: Um I I love the design of all the Aldoni people's costumes. They're all yes, such a cool design.
2: They're very Guatemalan and also like um Tibetan at the same time.
1: There's also like almost like a little like touch of like Scandinavian thrown in there too, like with the, yes, f- the heavy yes furs. Yes, there is. Yes. Um, but do you know what I like the most about the Aldani people? Um, uh, is they're clearly from a mix of different regions on the planet. A lot of times in a show, when you have like an indigenous people, they'll all like look the same, like skin tones, hair, and everything. But with the Aldanis, it's a planet this is a journey that everyone makes across the planet. So they're not just like, so so they're like black, brown, white skin. They have different skin tones. They have different hair colors. Their clothes are a little bit different, hinting that they're from different regions with like a few like different styles. But what I liked about this is it's the people from different, you might have people from the equator. You might have people from the North. You might have people from the East. Like they're all different people, but they're still all Aldani. And they're all coming together to stand up against the empire. And I just, well, I thought the, that was really they're, cool. they're the
2: most, they're the most like hardcore of the Aldani because they're the sixty people who made it all the way there without stopping to like part. Just be like, okay, let's party here, you know. They're the ones that made it to the, you know, where the where the ceremony is. So they're probably the most like you know, um, wise men and wise women of the tribe type of Aldani's you know they're the, they're or, the or people the for the that... last
1: chance because there's some young people in there and I bet there's some p- young people like with the Empire coming in this might be my only chance to see the yeah
2: act. yeah yeah and um, but, like the the, the, the the people who are there know all the like ceremonies and stuff
1: yeah but I just thought that was cool that like the Aldani was represented and they look like they came from all over the planet not just like one part of the planet um yeah. And I just thought that was a really neat touch. Um, I love the moments when it's just like the stray meteors across the sky. And how they kind of start growing more and more as they come towards the bigger event. It's a nice tension builder for the show. Okay. And I love the little character beat of hesitation um, from Val before she gets started. Because I... It reminded me of what Luthen was saying a few episodes ago when he was just like, You wanted to lead. This is what leadership looks like. Yeah. And we had talked about it then that we're not sure if this was like maybe Vel's first time leading. And, or like this is one of her first missions because she's from Mon Mothma's family. She was a, she's a rich girl. So this might be her first like taste of action. This might be her first time doing anything like this, I think she's clearly yeah, scared she, of heights. she had
2: to be there and she's like, now is when I tell, it. like, I'm going to tell everybody to either die or <laughs> or uh-huh. make it, you know?
1: So I, yeah. I do like that moment of hesitation because I mean, in all honesty, Cinta would probably be a better leader, but I like that Cinta clearly has experience and she's keeping Belle on track because um, it, it, that's how Belle learns. And so, yeah, I just, I like that moment of pause between them where she's like, "Val, we have to do this. And like, is just like, I'm about to tell everybody to die. All right, let's go. <laughs> it's just a nice yeah. character moment. Um, and the last one is from the Aldani uh, chieftain. I just, the line, our ghosts have strong hands and long memories. That's such a good line.
2: Yeah, fuck you.
0: <laughs> yeah, It
1: is a fuck you line, but it's a good line, and I love Gordon's face when he says it too. He's just like, "Oh, they say have that's, a good eye." Yeah,
2: <laughs> no, that's is a cur- great in those things. That's a that's an eye contact delivered curse. I'll have more to say about that stuff in the in the in in the next part.
1: Uh huh. Wow, you ready for the next part? I am act 2 Dos Dos Zwei Zwei I uh I only know a few numbers so there we go Anyway Dos Act Dos The Aldani festival for the eye begin and they start their rituals and just FYI they cut to the Aldani's a lot I'm not gonna mention it here in the recap, because it happens a lot, and they don't really do much to affect the plot, but just know that every time they cut to the Aldonis, it's really cool, I love the music, I love the imagery, I love the amping up the tension, and the passion against the background of the heist, it's great, I'm just not gonna mention it, because just know it's happening in the background, because it's not the plot, but I love it. Anyway. As this is all happening, Team Soldier Boys is following Gorn, Bees, and Steve and their family up the hill. And they get the very nice, like, last message from Val and Belle's, like, it's a go, and they're like, cool, cool, cool. And Gorn gets there, and he sends the very last of the soldiers up there off to be like, go on patrol outside, go watch the eye, go, go do the thing. They're all like, thanks, Lieutenant Gorn, you're the best. He's like, thanks, guys, enjoy the eye. And everyone goes inside the base, and the heist is sprung! And the Imperials are like, what is happening? And Beez is like, how dare you do this? And the girl, the the, the wife is just like, Bee, I am scared. And the son is like, father, what's happening? I have pooped my britches. And so, and Ste as all this is happening, there's chaos. Father, my pantalons have been soiled. <laughs> My pageant. Hey, you actually gave me the, the idea for doing that voice, from <laughs> Act 1, so... Um... And Steve pulls a blaster, and he points it at Nimic, and everyone's just like, oh, Is this when he's gonna die? Is this the Nimic death? Everyone pauses, and they kind of look at each other like, Are we gonna kill Nimic? This is, this is it? And you are like... Okay, no, no, we're not gonna kill." it. Okay, cool, because Cynthia shows up and shoots Steve, and Steve is dead! Bye, Steve! And we're all like, Whew, Nimicton, die. Wow. And Bill climbs down the ladder and she's just like, What's up, fuckers? We're here to rebel heist you, bees. And Bees is just like, What's the meaning of this? And she's like, We are going to take us down to the vault. And if you listen to us, we won't kill your family. And he's just like, British noises. And she's all like, Get on down there. And they all start taking everybody up to the, to the communication tower. Meanwhile, out on the dam, uh, I think his name's like Kinsey or something like that, the communications guy with the awesome mustache um, is just like, starting to notice that there's some weird stuff going on with the comms. He walks outside and he's just like, Any- anybody can get comms? And they're all like, no, Kinsey guy. He's like, alright, I'm just gonna just gonna figure this out. Alright, I'm gonna take out my uh, communications guide book for dummies. He takes out his book and starts trying to figure out why his calms are down. But, it, you know, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Kind of weird. I lost my spot. Where am I? Where am I? All right, there we are. So our heroes have taken over the communication tower. And, like, Nimic's running, like, Sinta through all the buttons. And the wife and the son are all tied up with the soldiers. And uh, they they are holding them there for collateral. And Val's just like, all right, bees. You're going to take us downstairs. And we're all going to get the, uh get the uh, gold. And he's just like, I can't do that. She's like, we know you can't get on down there. And all the guys are dragging bees away, but they're gonna be leaving Cinta behind for collateral. Well, not not for collateral, to take care of the collateral, which is the wife and the son. And Val's just like, Cinta, can we lesbian touch hands? And Cinta's like, yes. And then all the gays freak out, because that's the best we're gonna get. We're not allowed to kiss. Or have pantsless scenes. Like, Like Bix does with Tem. We're not allowed. We get hand touches. Stay for it. This is the best we get. Anyway. So then the lesbians high five. And they get on out of there. So the group heads all the way down to the basement. Leaving Sento with the hostages. And when they get to the basement. There's a bunch of soldiers. And they're just like hanging out. Because they're the poor five bastards that don't get to see the eye. And they're all sad. So they're playing cards and gambling. Because why the fuck not? And the group gets down there. And for half a second, they pretend like they're like, Oh, it's an inspection and the soldiers all line up quickly. And then they spring the trap and and Skeen and Val are just like, What's up, fuckers? Get in there. You see all that gold loaded on that big ship on the railing. And they're all like, All right, let's go! I actually love Skeen's, um, let's go. (laughs) Because if he says gamer, I would break up and laugh and just be like, Let's go, gamer! (laughs) Anyway, during all this, Cassie and Nimic are starting to get the escape ship ready to go because, you know, they should. And as they're getting stuff together, Nimic's like, oh, this is lovely. Look, we're loading up the ship, and uh, we should let Sinta know. So Nimic calls Senta, and he's just like, hey, Senta, we're getting ready to move on out. And Senta's like, cool, I may or may not kill everybody up here. And Nimic's like, what? And she's like, I don't know, you didn't hear that. So, uh, yeah. But as they're having their conversation, oh no, the comms guy, here's their conversation. Bum, bum, bum. And as the tension is ramping up, everything starts to go quiet because the eye begins. Da, da, da. What did I get back to? There wasn't a really good place to break, so I was like, okay, there's a quiet moment as the eye begins. That's about the best I'm going to (laughs) do.
2: I have very little notes on this. Mostly it's I, I about. Notes uh, on the scene. It's about the. Uh, um, the ceremony. Because.
1: I love it.
2: I do too. In some ways. It could have been better. I see a budget thing happening here. Where. It's a little bit of the volume type of thing. Where they would have liked to have had like. Because, uh, let's face it, it would have been. There's no reason just to have sixty Aldani there. Story-wise, it would have been really impressive to have like thousands of them there. You know, for, and then people could like hide in the crowd and stuff like that. But that's a big budget. Whether you're gonna do them by like getting extras or, or whatever, and you know it's hard would be hard to do with the volume or whatever. So they, they they figured out a story way to get it down to, like, 60 people. <laughs> it was about probably how many they figured could fit on the stage and, you know, get good camera angles on them. But here's the thing that I love. When Star Wars in general does, like, a native ceremony, it's usually I don't like it. <laughs> usually. It's usually like kind of Disney-fied like the Ewoks or in uh, fucking Tross. I that
1: was great. How dare you?
2: That was good, too. But it was still a little bit. It was it was still a little bit like sort of like. A general distillation. Sort, but it was better. This one was good. This one felt like a real ceremony. It felt like everybody there like it it, it didn't have just sort of a, a pasteurized sort of feel to it of like we don't want to offend anybody or anything. This felt like a like a real ceremony. They had like little thing like that you know that they had their the cap to put the fire out to to so you could see the sky better when when all that happened. They had the the ceremony ceremonial fuck that goat skin throw it on the fire part and songs and and all that and it just felt like a real a real ceremony you know that had existed for a long time it it had more of an authentic feel than star wars usually did so i that i really like that aspect of it every everything i've got in this is all of just little details that i thought were great like mustache guys control room is uh-huh. is like it's like they're on an outpost it's kind of dirty in there i i i almost could see like on the edges like where you can't see there's like they got pictures of their family or maybe a pinup girl up in there and you know maybe even like an ashtray or something you know it's it's got it, it feels like a kind of dirty and used um outpost you know in there and he's just in this sort of dark room he's hanging out in there and just it's just got a very good it's got a real you know grounded in the in 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 the reality of the galaxy feel to it you can feel like the atmosphere in that room it's just really nice Mm -hmm. and we see some space catering and space caterers and i love it you know when they're and they come and there's people setting up the food and they're like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, look at it, it's catering. And that's, the, those are just, that's a little touch they did. The, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything but just here. add a little bit of, add a little bit of atmosphere and realism to it. And it's those and they, touches that make it great.
1: I like that they type the catering, the caterers to like a pole, like it's a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: They're just sitting on the ground tied up to a pole. (laughs) They probably didn't plan for the space caterers, so they were probably just like, uh, tie them to the pole and leave them.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Nobody plans for the space caterers. (laughs) Except for the Gilroys who put them in the story, so I appreciate that. (laughs) But that's all I got for Act 2. I told you I didn't have a lot of notes.
1: Yeah, this is the one I had the least amount of notes on because it's mostly just heisting, so... Heisting.
2: It's all heisting. Yep.
1: Um, I I agree with the uh, uh oh. I want to say this now before I forget because I don't have it remi- written in my notes. I th- and it might be an act three thing, but one of my favorite moments that I just remembered that I forgot to note is when the eye is happening. Everyone is watching Imperials and Aldania alike, yep. and I. It, it reminds me of like those stories that you have, like when cosmic events are happening, how all humanity comes together, even in like times of war. Um, it, like kind of like those stories of like the Christmases where like the the Germans and the Br- British like stopped fighting, or or something like that. And it just reminds us, me at the end of the day, that like we're all human.
0: And it's
2: very rare that you have like stuff like that puts all the people watching it in almost as close to the same moment as you can get, like, in real time, yeah. you know, in that moment.
1: And it's, you know, if, if they were, if, if the Empire didn't suck, you know, they're just as human as the Aldani people. Well,
2: that's what it and, just shows. Yeah, everybody's, Yeah, everybody's still, you know,
1: and it's just such a, beautiful tragic moment because like you see like everyone enjoying it but like there are Aldani's crying because like, they know this is probably like the last time they're gonna see this or like be able to come here all that stuff is happening uh, it's just such a powerful moment but i just wanted to note that because i forgot to write it down and i meant to and i thought about it as i was talking <laughs> um so i agree i love the fuck you go the fuck you, go! And the chief just like mm-hmm. throws it in there, and they're all like, Yeah,
2: thanks them. for the goat. Fuck that goat,
1: fuck that goat, fuck them kids. Because kids are goats, goats are kids.
2: <laughs> the, and that, like, the kids are like, I didn't know we burned the goat in the ceremony, and they're like, Shh, they just want to make it smell worse for the Imperials. Oh, uh, uh,
1: yeah, I thought that was a very good pun. Go hope. <laughs> Um, I'll get into this more in act three, but I'm just going to note Steve pulling the blaster on Nimic. But I'm just noting it here because it's in this act, but we're going to fully get into it in act three, but I just want to note it. Um, I love the Aldani ceremony too, like, even though, like, I didn't talk about every time we cut up cut back to it because they just cut back a lot. Um, it's, it does this interesting thing in the beginning where it kind of breaks the tension, but then as the heist goes on, it ramps up the tension because the music starts kind of like slow. There's only a few people doing, but as more and more people sing, it ramps up the tension of the heist more because they're ramping up their, uh, their, um, ritual as well. And so it's just really, it's a really cool series, um, of like cuts against the backdrop of the rebel heist. And at the same time, This is the Aldani people doing their version of a little rebellion against the Empire. There might Mm -hmm. be 60 of them, but they're still pushing back against the people invading their home Mm -hmm. by being there. They are existing. They are having their culture. They are taking up their they are taking that space and is their space. And they are having their own tiny form of rebellion as an actual rebel heist is happening. (laughs) So I just I love everything about those scenes. Um, okay, yeah, let's talk about Vel and Cinta for a second. Um, mainly the line of when B has, is just like, oh, you'll kill us all. And Vel says, because that's what you would do. And she's making this like moral high ground of like the rebels are not the empire because they won't kill their people if they listen. Listen, listen. I am almost positive Cinta murdered everyone in that room. I'm almost positive she
2: did. Oh, really? That is my take. I'm positive. I didn't did. even think of that. I didn't even think of that. Because we know that
1: Cinta kills later in the show. She has that moment when she's walking away in the, re- in the, in the Imperial At suit. The and end. She looks up and then she looks forward again. And she looks really upset. Mm-hmm. Um, And the thing is, if they survived the family, the the wife and the son and all the Imperials in that room... Know what they all look like? Mm-hmm. It would be in the news cycle. And Vel is Mon Mathma's fucking cousin. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Everyone in that room is dead, including the child.
0: And oh, my brain—In
1: my brain, she took out the child first, so he wouldn't have to witness him uh, watching his mother die. Like and that's making that, my
0: life miserable anyway. Oh. That's her
1: mercy killing. And so the reason I'm here, I'm here, is because. To me, that is the difference between Vel and Cinta's character. They're both in this rebellion, but they are the two sides of the Rose-Tico line. Because yeah. Cinta has already fallen off the path of like losing her soul. She will kill. She does. She puts the battle before everything else, even mm-hmm. Vel. And we know that in the next arc, where Vel wants to have a relationship, and Cinta's like, no, the rebellion comes first. Vel is fighting to save what she loves cinta is trying to beat what she hates, and that is the difference between the two of them. Is cinta's already on the path of losing her soul? Well, Vel's not there, and that's why they're such interesting characters to me because they're both do this. They're they're in love and they're doing all these things, same things, but they're on two very. And they actually kind of remind me of Kanan and Hera a little bit from Rebels. But Kanan and Hera was a much nicer thing where Kanan was like, "Yeah, let's have a relationship," and Hera is like, "No, I have to fight." So it, it's kind of like a similar, a similar argument. But yeah, I, everyone in that room is dead in my brain. Because, because when Nimic's is like... Right.
2: Oh, You're probably right.
1: Because also there's that pause where Nimic calls Sinta and he's just like, all right, move out. And she, she stops and then she turns and she looks at the family and then yep. the scene cuts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's just my take, listeners. What do you think? But like that's that's how I read Valencenta's character. They're the two sides of the Rose Tico line of not beating what you hate, but saving what you love. One is the first part, the other ones are the other part. So, But I do have a big line, all of big words, all in high, all caps, that I did put in our Discord today. If you want to have fun with us over in Discord and give me Yoda questions, like Charles did today you should go to the show notes of this episode and hit the link and come join us in the two true freaks discord and hang out in the Jay guys and Jedi section. We'd love to have you, but in all caps, I wrote lesbians in space.
2: Technically they're on the ground, but yeah, I get what you're saying.
1: Lesbians on the ground. <laughs> Throw some reverb on there, please. Um, and finally, as they're all loading up the big rail car, boy, do I have a wonderful Freud watching the really shitty Imperial- Imperials freak out and sweat and suffer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Watching B has...
0: The like,
2: sweat, and, sweat, and confusion on their faces. People just go. They look at people, just like, "What happened?" And it's just like, "Faster!"
1: <laughs> yeah, and and B has in particular because he's just been so shitty all episode. Just like watching him mm-hmm. struggle, I'm just like, "Yes, this is my jam. Suffer, Nazi, suffer more. <laughs> this is my jam." So anyway, that's all I have to for Act to.
2: I'm ready to to wrap this puppy up. Wrap
1: as this easy as, is, as easy as it as easy as
2: Wrap this puppy up in a goat hide.
1: Why do I get it so easy now in Act Three? But when I try to open with that fucking joke, I stumble out of the gate. because oh, 'cause I'm all warmed up now. That's why. Here we go. You that's ready, five. Act Three?
2: You're in the zone.
1: I'm in the zone now. Yeah. Usually when I start a podcast, I'm just like, It's been six days since I've done this last time. What the fuck am I doing? I, I wrote this
2: three months ago. I forgot what I wrote. Let's go.
1: <laughs> no, it's like I wrote this three hours ago and I forgot what <laughs> I wrote.
2: <laughs> <Welcome> <laughs> Which is world. true
1: most of the time. Anyway, are you ready?
2: Act three. I'm ready.
1: So as the Imperials are being shouted at and and Bees is sweating on everything and all this is going on and they're being yelled at, Lieutenant Gorn arrives and Lieutenant Gorn is like, Val! Why are you not leaving? And Bees just stops and turns and looks at Gorn. And he's just like, Oh my god, the betrayal! And Gorn's like, in the words of the Aldani chieftain, Fuck these kids and these goats. (laughs) And yourself, get out of here. And as this is all happening, the communication guy has figured out that shit is going down, so he has called the Alkinsey base. And he's just like, hey, can you send some TIE Fighters? We're having an issue here. And the K- Kinsey base is like, yeah, we'll do that. That that eye thing is real cool, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Anyway, I-, I gotta go stop a Rebel Heist, and they're like, okay, well, we'll send some TIE Fighters. So some TIE Fighters are just like, well, we'll just go uh, fly onto this astral destroyed thing. And go, go to the base. So the TIE fighters are inbound, but oh no! The comms guy is like, you there men! Let's go down there! And they run all the way down the stairs, and they kick open the door, and the comms guy comes out. He's just like, what's going on here, Gorn? And Gorn just like, fuck. Hi, comms guy! This is a confidential mission! Go away! And the guy's like, are you sure? We're
2: practicing
0: a play for the- for the big party.
1: Yeah! We're- we're just- there's nothing to see here. And the comms guy is like, uh, Mr. Bees? Is that true? But Bees has a heart attack at the worst possible moment. And all hell breaks loose, and suddenly there's just pew pew pews everywhere, and comms guy is like, ah! And they're all like, ah! And everyone's freaking out and hiding and diving and shooting and trying to, like, throw more gold on the ship. Anyway, as all this is happening, one of the soldiers, as the fighting breaks out, soldiers being storm- stormtroopers, is just like, Cool, I'm gonna jump on Cassian. And Cassian's like, Ow! Ow! Fuck you! So Cassian starts fighting the soldier, and he gets pinned down. But Nimic, being awesome, shoots and kills the soldier with a single shot. And Cassian's like, Damn! That was a hell of a shot! You're gonna be so good at shooting people for the next years to come, Nimic. And Nimic's like, I know, I'm gonna be fighting for years in the Rebellion. And they're like, yeah! And so Cassian goes back to getting the ship ready to go. But then, shit starts going down. Terramin is killed. I still don't know when Gorn is killed. I just know that Gorn is killed. But I miss it every time. <laughs> and And I need to find it, because I'm just like, I like Gorn. And I, I hate that he's killed. But I always miss it and in he the goes, He goes
2: like he goes. It's one of those total like, just boom, he's gone. You know, they they mm-hmm. have one shot of him laying on the floor. A couple seconds later, like dead in the fetal position. Like a yeah, reaction. This is
1: probably why why what happens when I watch stuff at one point five speed, which is amazing, by the way. Yes. Oh my um, Plus, listen, when I watch it the first time, I watch it normal speed. But for podcasts, I, re- well, I watch it like 1.25 to 1.5 speed because, my god, it gets me through the day faster and I have work to do. I have a job. <laughs> I can't do podcasts, outlines all day. Anyway, so Terraman and Gorna killed. Everyone's just like, ah! And Skeen, Valenemic, jump on the ship. And Cassian is like, is everyone here? And Nimic's like, I'm here, and I'm definitely not standing behind a bunch of rolly carts. It's great. And Cassian's like, cool. And he punches it. And they're going up the rail line. And Nimic sees the rolly carts flying at him. And he's just like, oh, fuck me. And he just gets pinned and smushed between the two of them. And Skeen and Val are just like, oh, my God. (laughs) And they pull off the carts. And Cassian goes zooming out towards the stars that are just exploding above them. And TIE Fighter's coming in, and, and Del and Skeen pull out Nimic, and they stab him with a spike, and Nimic's just like, ow, um, I think I'm dying. And they're like, we need you to not die in the next two minutes, here you go. And TIE Fighter's getting closer, and Kazian's like, I don't know where the fuck I'm flying. Um, why did no one else learn how to do this other than Nimic? What if he actually died, guys? What if he actually died? We'd be fucked. Anyway, Nimic, honey, where am I going? <laughs> And Nimic runs, like, well, oh, he can't run. He gets dragged in there with his little thing. And he goes, climb! And Cassian's like, what? And he's like, climb! Climb! And Cassian's like, I, I feel like I'm going to hear this word a lot in my life. And anyway, Cassian um, flies up and down through the eye. And as this is happening, Sinta walks away from the communication station and... No, wait, I lost my spot. It's fine. It's fine. We're not there. Anyway... Um, Nimic has enough strength to scream directions at Cassian, and they get through the eye as all the TIE Fighters crash into the asteroid field. And as this happens, now Cinta is walking away from the communication station, looking a little shaken. She looks up there, she looks forward again, and she doesn't look back. And Vel, afterwards, Vel's just like, dang it, well, guess that's it for Nimic. And Skeen and Cassian are, are both like, I'm sorry? What do you mean? And she's like, we need to complete the mission. And they're both like, he's dying. And Skeen is like, this is the reason we do everything. For young kids like him and his future. And Cassian's like, I'm going to the doctor. Okay. And Bill's like, fine, whatever. And so, we go to this super cool, awesome doctor. Who is just a great design. And his name is Quad Paul. What a cool Star Wars name. And they're on a planet. And as Dr. Quad Paul works on Nimic and Val watches as this happens. Cassian and Skeen are sitting outside the hut and they're waiting for any news. And Skeen is just like, hey do you remember yesterday when you were saying that like we could either win or walk away and all that stuff? Cassian's like, yeah yeah, yeah? And Skeen's like, You want you wanna just like split the money and run? That's like forty million credits each. We'll get on we'll just get the heck and heck out of here. You know, like, we'll, we'll leave them and just go. It'll be great. And Cassian's like, um, what about the revenge you wanted on your brother? And Skin's like, ha ha, I lied about that. I never had a brother, ever. I lied the whole time. That thing I got you to trust me on, it was a big, fat fucking lie. I've got a brother. And Cassian shoots Skeen. <laughs> and Skeen is dead. And so he's just like, oh, fuck. Anyway... And he walks in, he's just like, hey, Vel, I killed Skeen. And she's like, what? How's Nimic? Well, he didn't make it. And he's like, cool, because I killed Skeen. Um, I'm going to take my cut and go. And you can have the rest of the money. And Vel's like, fuck you. You know what, though? Uh, uh, here's Nimic's here's manifesto. He wanted you to have it for some reason. And Cassian's like, well, he did say I am the ideal reader. Also, uh, here's uh that guy's kyber crystal. Can you just like give it to him? And she's like, fine, fuck you, and he's like, Okay, bye. And he takes the mix manifesto and he gets the heckin' heck out of there. After that, we get a series of chaotic scenes. The Ice ISB is freaking out over this. Mon is in the Senate and she's giving a speech, and as this is happening, people all over the Senate start freaking out, distracting her, and she looks down, she's just like, oh, fuck, what did Luthen do? And finally, news reaches L- Luthen's shop, shop, as as a, a patron is just like, hey, did you hear about that Aldani thing? And Luthen's like, I need to go have a party in the back. But he goes in the back, and he takes a long drink, and he smokes some weed, and Luthen has a great night. The end.
2: Luthen's, now that you mention it, Luthen does have the hair of a weed smoker. <laughs> when,
1: I made when up he's that He's got his wig on. on
2: he looks—he looks like a like a weed smoker when he's got his wig on, especially when he was stressed out and like now is it it's all like fluffed up. Yep.
1: That note was not written here. I literally made it up in the last two seconds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> remember, right. remember
2: last episode? I noticed the ca- the 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 Polaroid camera. Yeah. I noticed this time that they'd also built a sextant into it too. The old uh, nautical navigating. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I thought that was obvious. <laughs> I didn't see it last time. I yeah, saw it this yeah, time. It's
1: a really cool, like, little prop that he made between a Polaroid and sextant. Like, it's a really cool little prop.
2: I love that they that they waited six episodes to like have the first big special effects,
0: mm-hmm. like
2: like space chase type thing, and it's all everything. Still, it's it's oh, all it's so cool. It's all, st- but it's like, it's not, but it's still like character driven and, and running more than just being like a, a, a set piece or a, it's just really, really done. I don't have, a I don't have a lot of really deep notes on this one. No. The, the doctor, he, he vaguely looks like my grandfather on my mother's side. <laughs> it's really strange, except for the forearms, but. It's it's pretty much. You're telling strange. me your
1: grandfather doesn't have four arms, Chris.
2: He had four arms, but he didn't have four arms.
1: <laughs> you know, I was gonna continue that bit, but you won with the joke. So good good pun. Good pun. Thank you.
2: Thank you. It's it's really handy to have a, a podcast partner who's actually like amused and delighted by dad jokes. So like I, yeah,
1: I love them. It, so much. They, me all they the don't go. Jobs.
2: They don't go over that well at work. Only a couple of the other dads will look at me and go like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey." hey. But you know, I what, get that's it. because hey. the
1: people at work are sad. <laughs> they don't enjoy life. Give me all <laughs> the forearm jets
2: <laughs> Anyway, um, I love the the whole freak out. I love the whole reaction where you see the react like the reaction of it just like ripple across.
0: Yeah, it, it's,
2: it's great. It's it's great, and Luthan is finally can relax and just go like, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I because I actually always missed it. Um, I, I I love how it starts like the government, and then you see like the Senate, and then like it just kind of like keeps going throughout, and um, it's it's just a really interesting scene to see how
2: it, well, it also, really
1: like, does everything to set up the next few episodes as well.
2: It's it's a it's a weird reaction because he's happy because he's relieved but also like he is sort of celebrating like the beginning of like a lot of bloodshed. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. but like he's like pulling the bandaid off but he's like really psyched about pulling the Band-Aid off because like his ego is tied up into it a little bit too. It, it seems
1: compared but, to like uh, Mon Mothma's reaction because like she has this look of like she's oh, just like no. oh
2: fuck yeah oh no, no a lot of yeah.
1: bloodshed's about to happen
2: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but that's Mon Mothma because she's like more cautious. She's got more to lose. She's, she's in a like super privileged position. Whereas Luther, who knows? We don't know what Luthan's position is at this point. But like, like on top of all this, and we're not going to go back and, and see what happened, but like, you know, like those poor people in Aldani are going to take some of the brunt of this, are going to be blamed for being in on it somehow and oh, yeah. they there to distract or something. Whatever it is, there's going to be reaction on the people of Aldani who d- didn't do anything but go to their ceremony, had nothing to do with the the heist whatsoever, but they you know, they're going to they're going to pay the price. They're going to go through the Aldani like questioning them and probably torturing them trying to find out who did it, you know. So yeah, that's all just sort of implied when you see Mon Mothma go oh, shit, and she's just like, "Oh, Luthen did his—that's Luthen." <laughs> um, what else? This is this is our third for 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 a lead character uh, who is is our hero. He's got his third, just like killing people like a sucker off, just like just like executing them, you know, which is very strange for a lead character. I like it. I like it. He just he just takes this guy out of the equation. Mm -hmm. And because he's like, that's the well, for one, like he 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 probably also realized that the guy was probably lying about even being, you know, feigning being concerned about Nemec, you know, just to get him there so he could set up his his own heist. And he's just like and he just makes a decision and says, well, you know, if I don't kill this guy, he's going to try to kill me and everybody else.
0: Because you know he, he just gave me so. his
2: plan, and he's just like, yeah, I'll just kill him mid-sentence. That's the most efficient thing to do, which it is. But it's, uh yeah, it's brutal.
1: Can, I, I actually have, like, that's one of my big notes. I'm going to go ahead and tackle it now while we're here. Because um, we touched about how last week Cassian inspired Skeen the wrong way. Because when Skeen found out that Cassian was a mercenary, he was just like, oh, I can cut and run. Cool. Um, and it goes like to this like whole idea of like stepping on each other. Like that's the difference. Like the empire will step on people to claw your way to the top, while Cassian's side of things is about learning community and like and like communities coming together and stuff like that. And up to this point, um, sorry, Skeen is starting to see that, and he even says something along the lines like, you know, you and I claw, claw our way out of holes on top of each other, and about it's about who gets to the top of the hole. And I think up to this point. Cassian was that person, Um, but he's had a few days with, like, like, Nimic and, like, all these people. And I think when he realizes that he has been stepping on people for his own selfish gains, um, he... Like, he still takes his cut, but he doesn't take all of it like Skihan wants to do. And I, I... It's just that beginning of the character journey. That he's still sort of in it for himself. But he's starting to get there. And he's starting to change. And it's when he sees the consequences of his actions on Aldani in the prison arc. Like, that's when it catches up with him. And he's just like, oh, fuck. But I I realized what exactly it was that probably broke him in all this. Um... And I think it's the brother lie because last episode Skeen telling him about his brother was the thing that made Cassian trust him and finding out that was a lie. He can never trust Skeen. And that's when he shoots him.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, he, yeah. Yeah. Once he reached that point, Cassian was just like, yeah, this doesn't go down right. No matter what. So we'll just take him right out of the equation. And, it was it, it was it reminded me a little bit of the end of Solo where it was like nothing personal, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. and like and Skeen would have like understood why he shot him, you know, and he would have maybe been surprised that Cassian was not a thief like him. But at the same time, he would have been like, yeah, you did you did the logical thing from your point of view, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Um, and I also think there's that moment where Cassian realized that, because c- Skeen says, you and I are alike, and I think Cassian has that realization of, like, yeah, I used to be like Skeen, and I'm not fully anemic or anything, but I'm not Skeen anymore, yeah, and yeah. that's what the point Skeen, of the series is. He Skeen was making series. a
2: calculation, and and... and- Cassian could have either like was sitting there like I could either prove this guy right or wrong, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, nope, his calculations wrong.
1: Episode one, he was closer to skiing, but he's not there anymore. And yeah. I think that's a really nice change of his character. by by giving us a character that Cassian can compare himself to, because um, the best way to show that somebody has changed is to show like them next to somebody that they used to be like. <laughs> Or
2: blast blast, blasting someone to death that they they used to be, (laughs) you know, (laughs) kill the past
1: with the past die, kill it if you have to, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: But yeah, I just thought that was an interesting scene. So please continue your notes.
2: Uh, I think that's all I got. I think that's all for me.
1: So This is my other Game of Thrones moment Um that where the, the show kind of re- re- reminded me of Game of Thrones is when Gorn gets there and B has is just like, you, you'll hang this for this and blah, blah, blah. And. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. He's rehearsed some lines.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And Gorn is just has his whole like tell Cersei it was me moment. <laughs> it was me.
2: He was but, like, like I know. He knew he was going to have the advantage of, you know, he was going to have the element of surprise there. So he had lines ready. I appreciated oh, yeah. that.
1: Um, I love everything about that eye sequence. Like wh- what hasn't been talked about when the episode came out ever, That's all everyone could talk about. It's a gorgeous sequence. I love like the difference, how how it looks different from the ground to the sky to going through it. Yep. <laughs> Just a great, great sequence. So, Uh, man, Nimic's injury is brutal. And of course, then like a few weeks later, they give us tech almost getting smushed in the same way. Thanks, Bad Batch. Um, but yeah, that's a brutal injury. So I'm going to sort of start talking about this here. I'm going to set it up, but I'm going to really get into this point when we get into the prison arc. There now are three different instances of the word climb in Cassian's story. The first time the word occurred was in Rogue One when Jen and Cassian have got the Death Star plans and K2SO is holding the door and K2SO is dying and Jen and Cassian are having to climb up the tower to escape and K2SO just starts yelling, climb, 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 and then he dies.
2: Well, the first time we see Cassian, he's climbing. He shoots, he's shooting, he's doing what he does, shooting someone to death and then climbing. (laughs) Um,
1: so this is the second instance that the word has climb, has shown up in Cassian's story. And it's from Nimic with Nimic yelling, climb, (laughs) climb, to get to escape through the eye. And then the third instance is going to be in the prison break. Um, so I, I will come back to that when we get there. And it's, it's going to be from Kino Loy, um, I will fully dive into this point, but I just wanted to note it when we get to the Kino scene, because um, it's during Kino's speech in One Way Out, when he tells all the prisoners, climb, do whatever you have to, climb, climb up um, to escape. And But I just think it's a fascinating point that this word keeps coming from Castian's story, and I, and I do have some thoughts about it. Um, That I will dive into in a few episodes. But I do want to note one thing here. About Cassian's character. And in this case. It is probably the first time. He's ever had to put his full blind faith. Into somebody else. Because Nimic is the only person guiding him. He does not know how to fly that. And he has to put his full blind faith the Nimic. And in that moment, Cassian has to be a true believer. He has to believe in Nimic. He has to believe in this child and his calculations and his little Polaroid camera. And if he doesn't, they all die. And so I I do think that every time this word climb shows up, it, it comes in major moments in Cassian's life or major moments of character shifting. And... But, but I will get more into it in the prison break. But I just think it's really interesting that this word keeps coming up. And I do wonder if we're going to continue seeing the word climb in season two. Probably. or, or
2: if, Yeah. Or, or if this is, a is it. Time.
1: Because the reason I, I do wonder if this is it is because things work better in threes. And now we have three and i feel like it's the two that gets him jump started on his character journey and then the third is the final one and i i, I would feel okay with that but i also would be interested to see if they utilize this in season two too so i had two kind of thoughts I, on that.
2: I i can almost guarantee they will
1: mm-hmm. so <laughs> i know i joked about it but i mean it what if mimic died how have they fucking got through that does none of them know how to read the polaroid camera <laughs>
2: Well, I mean that's that was their mission was kind of ragtag and depended on um on you know almost everything going perfectly, you know. I guess I, I guess like, the
0: right pe- I feel right like somebody else should
2: enough. have learned
1: how to read the polaroid camera. They had 3 months there before Cassian showed up.
2: I mean if Cassian got shot, they're done too.
1: They at least figured out how to get it off the railing cuz he told them. They they did figure yeah. out how to fly the ship, because he told them. Yeah,
2: it would have been a short trip. It would have probably been a short trip, but like, but, like, yeah.
1: Come on. All right, here's my other scene that I have a weird gripe about. And it's not that it's really a gripe, I just don't know what to make of the scene, because I feel like it's very weird. Um, and someone, I'm going to preface this by saying, I wonder if they framed the scene this way to throw off the audience from Skeen's betrayal. But I don't even know that. And so it's it's after they get out of the eye. And they're debating whether or not to take Nimic to the doctor. It goes against everything in Vel and Skin's character. Because Vel's the one that's just like, no, we'll let him die. It's fine. And Skeen's the one like, this is a child. We fight the rebellion for him. It's all about yeah. him. And it's like the opposite of their character's. <laughs>
2: But I think that's why it works. I think, I think like I notice like Skeen definitely like had a re- like a relate had a relationship with Nemec and like was like they could tell that like he like that had do. either taken a shine to him or was giving the impression he was taking a shine to him for manipulation reasons. But either way, he he it, like like Nemec was, you know, like like Nemec was the guy that he was kind of like uh, he 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 treated him like a little brother you know yeah so, that so, i do agree with and and at this and so he played that to be like you know look i'm the rough tough guy but i've broken down like come on i draw the line we can't kill the kid this is a kid it's the kid he's my my pal and and you know and he and that's he also wanted them to get get to that place to get a strategic, you know, grip on the gold. But um yeah, no, it 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 worked, it worked for me because yeah. I it, think it, where
1: it doesn't work for me is Vel's character. Because nothing has indicated that Vel would be that cold and she's never like that again. It's just this one scene up to this point because like she she struggles with leadership she struggles with like letting them go and and in this one scene she's just like it's fine if nimic dies and then she, right like even
2: as but like, she backs out, out of it and, pretty like, quickly but to she's
1: save his life and stuff like that like this is the one scene where she's like no nah, fuck that kid
2: well i mean they've got the gold and she's also like you know like it would be a shame to like screw up the mission right now when we can just you know if Nemec dies we're still got you know what's important is the mission and you know if we we've got it right now and if i if i deviate off this there's a chance that something could happen and if you know if cassian hadn't shot him then something would have happened so it would have been the wrong decision if cassian wasn't there to (laughs) do that but like I I I could see it. It was it was one of those like, you know, those moments where everybody's just keyed up and you know it's super emotional and I don't know it 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 played off right to me. It was sort of it was sort of their their character a switch in their characters, but it didn't seem that that didn't seem unnatural to me. It seemed like like one of those situations where the you know where the the tables turn a little bit. You know, or yeah, not, yeah. it's not I, as I, much I, the table's turns as the wrong phrase for what I'm saying, but you know, where they where they switch places, you know.
1: Yeah. I, I do see what you're saying and I, I see how you get there. I just yeah, yeah, it just doesn't work for me. I don't know, it's a weird scene to me. Yeah, so. yeah. But that's fine. Uh, all right, let's talk about Nivik's <laughs> stuff. Listen, listen. I think this is one of the best uses. Of this trope I've seen in a very long time. And it's so fresh. And it was such good writing.
2: Are you going to disagree with me? No they made it. Well they made it obvious that he was going to die. But then they it pulled was, a little but, bit of a switch up at the end where you're, they're like, he might live, you know. But the and, and that's know, the thing. But
1: set the it's scene. very
2: rare you see a doctor in Star Wars because it's space medicine, you know. They're 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 usually they're,
1: just they're, dumping them a vat of back
2: yeah, dump dump some of it on them or something, you know. Or or just cut his bottom part off and put some spider legs on him or something, <laughs> but like it, it, you very you, you I don't think we've ever we've ever seen I uh, except for like Padme, a doctor like pull the sheet over somebody you know in Star Wars they usually make it I'm sure in Clone Wars a couple, couple people died on the table but like for the most part you usually see do- usually you see a doctor and that just means the person is going to be transformed in some way. Yeah.
1: yeah. Listen, we're going to set the stage for this. Here you go. It was projected from the very moment Nimic hit the st- like the screen. It was like a bat signal kind of projection that Mimic was going to die. He was going to die. Like Everyone knew it. They were like, here's all your super hyper specific things to make you fall in love with these characters. And he's going to be the most developed, the fastest. This is why he's going to die. And I love how they did it because... There's a few moments where they fake you out that Nimic's going to die. Like the moment when Steve pulls the blaster right at the beginning of the heist. And you're just like, oh, this is it. He's going to shoot Nimic. And then he doesn't. Because that would have been a stereotypical death. That is the kind of death in war movies where you have, like, the guy who is just like, this is my first battle. Let's go fight. And he gets shot in the head randomly. And then he's gone. That is that kind of stereotype. But this show is better than that. We're not going to have that kind of stereotype. No, these bastards are amazing. And so, and the reason why it works is they give the audience hope. They give us hope every step of the way that Nimic Mike live. They get all the money on the ship. We have hope that they're gonna survive. They're pulling out of the station, we get hope to survive. They give us the hope that they're gonna be okay. And then he gets smushed and it's horrible. But he doesn't die instantly. There is hope there that they he might be okay. They take him to the doctor. We see him being worked on. We have all this hope. And then at the very end, we're just told casually he didn't make it as they pulled the sheet over us. Because and it's normal
2: in a story. They wouldn't take those steps. Those aren't involved in the story arc of the dead guy. So,
1: I'm sorry. I, I was trying to finish my point. What I didn't hear you
2: that usually in the story arc of the dead guy he's gotta die you don't you don't stretch it out or anything like that or, or fake it out or whatever but and like they, yeah this they, is they, more realistic writing so, yeah
1: and they they do it oh, oh so unceremoniously and yeah. there's no like final words of like nimic just like gasping like cassia take nope. my manifesto no it's just it's it's so cold it's cold
2: and I was also thinking the 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 scene we were talking about before makes more sense too because Skeen when he says we gotta take him to the doctor, he knows Cassian's probably gonna go along with it because cause, cause Nemec just saved Cassian's life. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, I'm sorry, that that just popped up not to totally derail it. But yeah, yeah, they 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 sort of sort of played us for suckers. But, you know, I mean, they were, they were, they were trying to do, so, they were doing something with this, the, the trope, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, it's just, it's so good is because they just take this well known trope and they give you hope, they give you hope, they give you hope, and then they rip it away in the coldest way possible. Yep. And it's cold because it's realistic. There's no like emotional beats. It's just, they cover mimic and they have to continue. Like it's just it's so good, and it's 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 almost satis it's satisfying how unsatisfying it is, you know, because you want those like final moments of Nimic. and then they give it to us later. We do have that moment later in the sh- ep- later in the show when Cassian is listening to Nimic's Manifesto, and that does feel like a proper goodbye for the character. But here it's just oh, it's such a good way to do a trope. Oh, I love it. Fuck yes, you bastards, I love you. Um, uh, anyway. <laughs> It's so good. Ugh, oh, give me. Oh, it makes me hard. Let's go. Where are we? Oh, <laughs> I love the doctor though. That is a great design.
2: Yeah, and the the puppeteering and acting like the uh, He he really doesn't say much. He just says like I'm sorry or something like that. But like, like his I body language or something. Yeah, his body language is a hundred percent doctor. You know, like the way he holds up it, like the way he puts up his hands when he sees a blaster, and the way he's working. It's just and, and, yeah, it's it's definite sign of, like, a an a old-school puppeteer, you know? Just that sort of uh, um, mime sort of aspect to it, you know? It was great.
1: Yeah. Um, you know how when we were going through Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, we were talking about how Tala was, like, the prototype of Leia and how she helped shape Leia into who she was? um nimma nimma nimic is kind of the tala and cassian story and i i just and i got to thinking it might be fun if we ever wanted to do a side episode of like here are the major characters in star wars and who are their prototypes how like because yeah it's because of like nimic um is and, and luthan is like who shapes cassian and how like tala shapes leia um, I, I just thought that'd be, like, a f- if we ever need to, like, shoot the shit, I just thought that'd be a fun, like, kind of side st- series of, like, who shaped the characters and how and why. Um, and the only other note I have is, coming off a of Bad Batch, because, uh, Bad Batch just finished, if you're, if you're listening to this at a later date, Bad Batch ended, like, a couple weeks ago. Um, seeing the Senate in the Bad Batch, which is the very beginning of the Empire, versus seeing the Senate in Andor, is so telling how in that, that like, what, like 10 year mm-hmm. period, how much the Senate has become a joke because people still give a shit in the Bad Batch. No one gives a shit in Andor, hardly no matter how there. hard.
2: What? It's like it, hardly anybody there. It's like one tenth full. You know, you see like most of the most of the little areas, you know, their little floatings, their floating platforms are just sort of sitting empty because a lot of people aren't either either aren't. Uh, aren't bothering to come because it's just a a show, or have been uh, <laughs> shuttled out of politics. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it kind of I do it like how it adds to Mon Mothma's character because I think it's next episode. It's either next episode, or the episode after it, when she's meeting with her friend Tay. And she has that, like, wonderful, like, political spy speech of, like, if I show you the stone in my hand, you won't see the knife at your neck, that speech. Um, she has this talk where she says, if they if they continue, they need to continue to think that I'm a political annoyance. So if she is, like, the, the the school council president that's in all the synonyms yeah. all the time. She's playing her role. And yeah. she will have that speech about the Gormans, even though it's not doing anything, because that is the role she's yeah. playing. Um, so it, uh, I do like that for, like, Mon Mothma's character, but it, it's a nice comparison between this and, uh, Bad Batch, so. But that's all I have. Do you
0: have anything
2: else? Alright,
1: score it out for me, Chris.
2: I gave it a nine. It was very good. Very, very good. Very satisfying episode. Yum yum.
1: Yeah, I also gave it a nine. Um, other than a couple, like, little gripes, um, I love the whole episode. It's gorgeous. It's well done. The music's fantastic. I love um, how they turn writing trips on its head. I love everything about this episode. It was so good. This is definitely one of the best of the series. So Yeah. I
2: think I think we're heading into the the like the shining diamond of Andor in this mm-hmm. next arc.
1: So yeah. We are in the midst of watching the prison arc right now with my stepmom, so. <laughs>
0: uh.
1: The reason it's taking us so long is, like, we alternate weeks. Like, we have um, a comedy week, and then we have drum week. And so we that's alternate a, it. Um, good idea. But Ted Lasso started, and we both love Ted Lasso. Uh. So that has kind of taken over everything. <laughs> so, um, uh, Andor has taken a small backseat because Ted Lasso is on so uh anyway as always we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes Twitter the two true freaks the, 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 the two true freaks Facebook page and our two true freaks Discord and this week our feedback comes from Facebook from our Kenobi part six episode take it away Chris
2: I think that's part four hope or is it part is Do it what it says part four but
1: oh it's part six, Sorry, part I meant six? Some...
2: It, but it, it is part six. part six okay yeah
1: yeah, that's part six
2: so diego Lemo says uh series series is about legacy characters will always have the problem that people have expectations of how the character should behave according to their personal view and if those expectations are not fulfilled then the show is deemed bad yeah that is definitely true <laughs>
1: i yeah Yeah. Um this
2: happened with the book of Boba Fett and to some extent with this series. I like the
1: so it's so funny. Happening
2: happening with the Mandalorian season three, too.
1: Have you heard about what the grifters are up to now?
2: Maybe. I don't know.
1: One of the people from the fucking fandom menace, who I, I think it's Star Wars Theory. He was he spent the entirety of Book of Boba Effect griping about how much he hated it and how horrible it was and how it's like the worst Disney show and blah 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 blah. So Tamar Morrison gave this speech about how he was kind of just bummed out that he wasn't called for Mando Season Three. You know, just at a, like, you know, he was at a conference, he was talking about it. This fucking grifter was just like, oh, look how horribly they're treating, Disney's treating their actors. How dare they do that? Give Boba Fett another show as if he didn't spend fucking, like, 10 weeks bashing it. And I'm just like, you fucking piece of shit. Go, go, go fall over. Lay in a ditch and get sunburned, you prick.
2: It's like he got Tamora Morrison fired and he's just like, look at this poor unemployed guy. What the hell is the matter with you guys?
1: I hope those people like roll around in some grease, lay in a ditch, get sunburned, and I hope that ditch is full of fire ants.
2: Fire ants. Oh, anyway. Okay. Anyway, back to Diego. Sorry, Diego.
1: Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Diego. We love you.
2: This this is, is Hope's heading for the fire ants already. I like the story of a man riddled with trauma about his past having to face it and finally getting over it. Now that I think about it, this is a journey of all the major characters in this story, Vader and Riva. Yes, it's the like trauma trilogy.
1: Yeah. It, it's a we call trauma it like trauma
2: three for one.
1: We called it like therapy of the show.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah, that would be that would be a group therapy session, you know, Yoda, Yoda talk as a therapist with Riva and Vader and Obi-Wan all in one room
1: <laughs> So but that's all I have do you have anything else
2: I got nothing more
1: I got to look up next week's episode All right well while well, I look up next week's episode so I I can tell you guys about it Um where can people find you
2: You can find me at com that is our website and from our numbers it seems like people are going there to listen to our show so keep doing that you can go there you can subscribe there you can check out all the other shows on two true freaks if you're on facebook you could uh join the two true freaks podcast page and you'll see all the new episodes as they post up we'll put little announcements up for all those and then you can go talk about them or other nerd stuff on the Two True Freaks Cantina. And if you're feeling extremely squirrely, then um, you can go to the the cesspool that is called Twitter, and uh, you can go to the um, Two True Freaks Twitter page run by the extremely tolerant. Because I can't even go. I I, I can't even dip my toes in there. Um, with the extremely tolerant gene gene the tolerance machine
1: i don't know what tolerance sounds like gene <laughs> <laughs> i bet
2: you don't hype i bet you don't hope i don't know why i just called you hype hype Molinex.
1: <gasps> am i hype phase on are we gonna get more resistance please <laughs> no no i miss resistance anyway also anyway that's
2: where they can find me where can they find you
1: you can also hang out with us on discord
2: yes that's right and if you go if you go to uh, any of our shows our listings of our shows on the website there will be an there's an invitation there for our discord you can join up and hang out on the 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 j guys and jedi discord
1: or you can also or or any of the other
2: shows yep
1: yeah you can do it on the website you can also message me and chris we'll be happy to have you we have fun over there um, I got to post my lesbians in space, and, and people had fun with that. And Charles, I, I today I was like, you know, after like over 350 episodes, sometimes it's just like you can't think of a Yoda question, and which is why we're also always open to Yoda questions. Please send them to us. <laughs> but uh, I just threw it up in this Discord, someone give me a Yoda question, and Charles delivered. So like, you could be like, cool, stuff like that, and like hang out with all of us there. We're having a really good time, and it it's fun, so yeah. Come hang out. Yeah. I'm actually using Discord more than I'm using like other social medias, except for maybe Twitter.
2: Yeah. Well, Discord's yeah. a little more, a little more. Not to, not to, tangent again, but Discord's got its problems too.
1: <laughs> well, I know. I've been doing
2: a lot of reading about Discord, and Discord is, it's another one of those things that it's functional and it works, but it it loses money so they're sort of waiting around for someone to buy it you know and buy out their company and because it's very popular and then figure out how to make money which means ruin it so we'll see we'll see mm-hmm. but for now discords are real is uh one of the better better venues to communicate
1: mm-hmm. definitely having fun over there still so. anyway uh you can buy me <laughs> At J Guys and Jedi on Twitter, that is our Twitter account. You can also find me at HopeMolinakx on Twitter. Um, I am also a writer for Wealth of Geeks and Dorkside of the Force and the Geeky Waffle. Um, I just finished up my final Owl House recap. It really bums me out that the show is over, but it was such a good recap. It was such a it was such a good series, and I'm very sad it's gone. And you can also hear me over on the podcast for Light and Dice. Um, It is a real play tabletop podcast where we are really rolling dice. We are journeying through a Star Wars world. We're having a fun time and we just started a new story arc. So it's a good time to jump in there and hang out. And we often talk about for light and dice in our discord. So come hang out there too. So yeah. All right, Chris, I have an announcement to make. You ready? Okay. Next week is called announcement.
2: Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) So, (laughs) <laughs> to come back next week where we're gonna talk about the probably the best transitional episode i've ever seen in my life and that is it,
2: an I, I i'll have to think about that but it's 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 an amazing episode it it, it hits some it, it hits some amazing notes
1: It it was an episode I didn't like the first time I watched it because I was like, well, let me rephrase that. It's not that I didn't like it. I was just like, yeah, that's a transition episode, and I didn't really think much about it. But rewatching it a second time with my stepmom, I was like, no, this is a really good episode. Yeah,
2: (laughs) no, like
1: best transitional episodes I've ever seen.
2: Like just as far as addressing the absurdity of the absurdity of the of fascism it's it's like uh, yeah it's perfect because it doesn't here here's where we start like it, it it clings to like the the basic tropes of like you know what how fascism you know goes but it hits a it hits a little deeper than most things do and this is the episode where it really starts doing that this is the arc where it really starts doing that. It, it, yeah, where you start yeah. seeing like, the, uh... I, I'm yeah. having a hard time not starting my notes on, you know, two episodes into this already. Oh! <laughs> already in my head. I've had notes for this one in my head for, since I watched it, so, yeah.
1: I did not know this, because I, I have it, the Wikipedia pulled up, and I was looking at the cast. Um, Sam Witwer... The voice of Darth Maul and a bunch of other cool stuff in Star Wars animation is the voice of the Shore Trooper who arrests Cassian. Yep. I missed that. Hey, Sam.
2: I saw that on some YouTube thing at some point. That's
1: cool. Anyway, come back next week and we are going to talk about announcements. So, yeah. All right, bye, everybody.
2: All right, bye-bye.
0: We have so many shows to choose from,
2: there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please,
0: won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes, Wow. Meow Mix comes meow, 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 meow. Oh, in two varieties, original and seafood middles. A medley of mackerel, tuna, and crunchy centers bursting with seafood flavor. Meow Mix tastes so good, cats ask for it by name.